the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. You pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this time. Let your word come with clarity and with understanding. Let grace be upon my lips to communicate this word with precision and accuracy. Let unseen rest upon it. Bring conviction, transformation, healing, and deliverance. Above all, confirm your word with signs and testimonies. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. We are going to be reading a couple of long verses, so please bear with me i just want to help you to get a proper context and then i will proceed to teach so we'll start from exodus chapter 1 verse 6 to 17 exodus chapter 1 verse 6 to 17 in time joseph and all of his brothers died ending that entire generation but their descendants the israelite had many children and grandchildren in fact they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. May you multiply and may you become powerful. In the name of Jesus, shout louder, amen. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. That's it. No weapon fashion against you shall prosper. The more they oppressed them, the better they became. Satan felt he was oppressing you. He doesn't know that he is actually pushing you into your blessings. In this season, every affliction, every negative plot of the wicked on your life is working out together for your good in the name of Jesus. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to miss mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua. When you have the Hebrew women as they give birth, what as they deliver? If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives fear God, they refuse to obey the king's orders. They allow the boys to live too. 
You, you will not lose your children when you go to deliver in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now let's come to Exodus chapter 2 verse 1 to 10. A man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. If you read the Amplifier, you see the names of these Jochebed and Amram. That was the name of the father and mother of Moses. So, the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reed by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. That was Miriam. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and the maidens walked alongside the river. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse her him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the baby grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. We are reading again. I told you I'm going to read a few passages of scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 to 29. It says, By faith. Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because he saw he was a beautiful child and was not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward by faith he forsook egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible verse 29 by faith they passed through the red sea as by dry land whereas the egyptians attempting to do so were drowned now i want us to go to hebrews 11 verse 23 but this time i want us to read it together in the king james version and let's go hebrews eleven twenty three. 23 said by faith moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment that's where i take my title from i'm teaching on raising proper children that's the title of my message raising proper children by faith moses when he was born was hid of his parents three months because he saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 4 children obey your parents because you belong to the lord for this is the right thing to do so all our children this is a message for you obey your parents honor your father and your mother this is the first commandment with a promise if you honor your father and your mother things will go well for you and you have a long life on the earth 
May things go well for everyone. May you enjoy a long life on the earth. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. With the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. The CV version of verse 4. With the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. CV version of verse 4. Parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. Don't forget it. He says, parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. That is where my title is coming from. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, the King James Version. And then Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, the CEV or Contemporary English Version. God richly bless you. Raising proper children. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, the, the account you read he gives you a picture of the circumstances surrounding the birth of Moses. When was Moses born? The time Moses was born was a very precarious time in the history of the children of Israel. It was a time where the children of Israel were in great bondage, affliction, and servitude. And a decree had gone forth that every male child born should be killed. That was the circumstance. That was the time or the era Moses was born. And the Bible gives us an account, a detailed account of what happened. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid of his parents for three months because they saw he was a proper child. So how are we going to be able to raise proper children? I'm going to go straight into my message. How can we raise proper children? I'm going to share with you four pieces upon which we can raise proper children. Four pieces, or you can also call them pillars, upon which proper children can be raised. I want you to first of all understand that you have a proper child, and that is key. And the first one is perception. That is the first key. The first key is perception. The second key will be protection. The third key will be presentation. And then the fourth key will be pushing. That is it. So four Ps. The first one is perception. The second key is protection. The third key is presentation. And the fourth key is pushing. And I believe that if we can raise these pillars, the children that God has given us will be able to raise them properly. And so we start with the first key, which is perception. And by perception, we mean perceiving your children rightly. So perceive your children rightly. If you go to Hebrew chapter 11, verse 23, the Bible said, By faith, Moses, when he was born, his, he was hid of his parents for three months because they saw. The word saw is they perceived. They perceived. They had a revelation that this is a proper child. They saw that this is an uncommon child. In fact, some translations give you a very interesting rendition. The Bible says in the New International Version, said by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. I make bold to tell a parent today, sitting and hearing the sound of my voice, that your child is no ordinary child. There are a lot of things that are being said about your child. Teachers have their opinions about your child. 
sometimes her own or his own attitude gives you a certain impression and opinion about the child sometimes the child's attitude her, his friends or her friends gives you a certain picture about the child but i want you to maintain god's picture about your child that is your child is no ordinary child you have a proper child can you say to yourself i have a proper child in the name of our lord jesus because that's what you have you have a proper child now in the new living translation says they saw that god had given them an unusual child can you see that about your child the passing translation says that they realized that their child was an exceptional one your child is an exceptional one academically exceptional spiritually exceptional character wise exceptional he may not look like it now he may not act like that now but i want you to see that by faith that's how they saw it they saw him as a proper child by faith i like that by faith in the natural maybe moses was acting funny but they saw that by faith moses was a proper child and i want you to know that no matter how your child is acting behaving he is or she is a proper child in the name of the lord jesus please appreciate that every child god gives is a proper child god doesn't give bad children sometimes children are born with certain deformities or weaknesses it doesn't mean that they are bad children they are still proper children helen keller was born with many deformities but she rose up to become a lecturer an author and a motivational speaker I don't know what destiny you and i don't know the destiny god has for your children but it begins when we perceive them rightly when we have a proper we see them the way god sees them you have to understand that god doesn't give bad gifts the bible said children are a gift from the lord the new living translation they are a gift from the lord what kind of gift does god give james chapter 1 verse 17 every good and every perfect gift is from god so if god gave you a gift you can be sure in that child that child must be a perfect gift that child must be a good gift and i pray that you begin to see your child the way god sees them it's always important that we look at things from god's perspective because his thoughts are not our thoughts neither are his ways our ways his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts so if you are able to see things from god's way think about things in god's way then we can begin to see the kind of results god sees so how does god see your children how does god see your children how does god perceive your children because you need to see your children the way god sees them moses parents saw him as a proper child they saw him as an excellent child they saw him as a great child when everything about him showed that he was nobody he was going nowhere he was a stammerer and he could not put words together they saw in him a giant they saw in him a deliverer may you see in your child a deliverer may you see in your child a great man may you see in your child a great academician i know the results may not look good today but watch and wait and see god is going to raise a giant out of him in a matter of time in the name of our lord jesus if you believe that is talking about your child shout a believing amen amen and amen right so how does god see your children psalm 112 verse 1 to 3 he said praise ye the lord blessed is the man that feared the lord that delighted greatly in his commandment his seed shall be mighty upon the earth 
that's how god sees your children god sees your children as mighty your seed is mighty can you see that about your children your children are mighty children again the bible says the children of the righteous he's ever merciful and lended his seed is blessed so your children are blessed that's psalm 37 verse 26 the bible said though hand join in hand the wicked shall not go unpunished but the seed of the righteous this is proverbs eleven twenty one. 21 the seed of the righteous shall be delivered i declare to you your children are delivered they are delivered from premature death they are delivered from demonic entities they are delivered from behaviors that will lead them astray in the name of the lord jesus your children again god sees your children as those who are established your children will be established your children will fulfill their destinies that's what the bible tells us in psalm 102 verse 28 he said the children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee ah your children will be established before god in the name of our lord jesus what does the bible say again about our children and that is how we need to see our children psalm 25 verse 12 to 13 he said one man is he that feareth the lord him shall he teach the way that he shall choose then he said his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth may your children inherit the earth may they enjoy the best of the earth in the mighty name of our lord jesus and then again your children are ordained to prosper david said i'll be young now i am old some 37 verse 25 i've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread pronounce upon your children your children will prosper your children will not end up as beggars your children will end up as great people in society in the mighty name of our lord jesus and then their children shall be saved that's what the bible says isaiah 49 verse 25 he said but that saith the lord even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered for i will contend with them that contended with thee and i will save thy children you look at your child and it looks like it's hopeless his academics he's hopeless his health is hopeless but i have good news for you today that child is saved already that child is rescued that child is covered that child is protected in the name of our lord jesus so that's the first thing that we need to do if you are going to raise children properly we need to perceive them rightly so we have to have a right perception about our children see your children the way god sees them don't see your children the way their teacher who lacks revelation who is not born again who is not spirit filled and just looking at their assessment which is even one-sided only academic there are many other gifts your children has that the school system cannot assess and focus on god who has endowed your child with unique abilities that in the fullness of time those gifts will come out and that child will fulfill their proper destiny in the name of our lord jesus so number one we are to perceive them rightly number two we must protect our children we must protect our children if you look at where we read he says in hebrew chapter 11 verse 23 it was by faith that moses parents hid him for three months when he was born they hid him they hid him they hid moses moses was hidden i want you to appreciate that childhood is the most vulnerable phase in every person's development childhood is the most vulnerable phase that's why all kinds of philosophies and the, the devil also comes after children 
children are vulnerable because they can't defend themselves they can't talk if a child is uh, uh, in danger he can't express it except to cry and sometimes when children are crying you don't even know what's going on and sometimes if the mother does everything she knows to do and the child is still crying you realize that as a mother you'll be blessed and helpless you you begin to wonder what's going on you know the child is troubled by can pinpoint you can put your finger on it because children are most vulnerable and if children are most vulnerable then they depend on you as a parent to hide them I'm becoming increasingly concerned about how people in our modern times expose children to social media and all kinds of things. You see a pregnant woman who will take a photograph and will be showcasing her pregnancy on social media. For what? What are you seeking to achieve? Some people will just, uh, fresh baby, they will shoot the picture on Facebook. For what? Who is looking for the child? This is a platform all kinds of demonic entities are also on. And if you are not spiritually sensitive and you don't understand what it means to hide children, you will bring unnecessary uh, trouble to your children. The Bible says in some, something in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 3, he said, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. Again, Proverbs 27, verse 12, he said, A prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The child cannot see it. The parent must see it and hide him. So we are told by faith, Moses, when he was born and could not hide himself and could not make the right decisions and could not talk and defend himself, his parents defended him. His parents protected him. His parents shielded him. I pray that you will become a wise parent. Learn to hide your children. There are some apps that your children, you should not allow your children to visit. Size, they should not, they will pick your phone. They want to do their homework. Monitor it closely. Monitor it closely. In as much as uh, the internet is a great asset, it can also be a great liability. Children in our times don't like reading. They rather want to look at things on the net. And it's good. It's an error. But reading has a way of shaping the mind and the thinking of children. Let's force our children to read. Let's teach them. As much as uh, audiovisuals are great, let's lend, help them to develop great values. Hide your children. Hide your children. Don't expose your children unnecessarily. You know, when Mary conceived Jesus, the Bible says she hid herself. When Elizabeth also conceived the uncommon child by the name of John the Baptist, she hid herself. It is important. It is not by accident. You have to understand that great children will always be hunted by satanic forces. Never forget that. Great children will always be hunted by satanic forces. Sometimes your birth is challenged. Sometimes when you marry and for a long time you're not having a child, it could be a pointer to the uncommon destiny of the child that is about to be born. Look at how long it took uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth to conceive John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, Jesus said, of all men born of women, there is none as great as John the Baptist. You remember the same thing happened in the case of Samuel, a great prophet, a prophet that was uncommon in Israel. One of the greatest prophets in Israel was Samuel. It took Hannah to a, a season of barrenness, a long season of praying and waiting and fasting to conceive that child. So great children will always be hunted. Moses was born. And Satan knew his destiny that this is going to be a deliverer. So she, she, he began to hunt for him. He gave a, a demonic decree that was targeted at no other child but Moses. But God has a way of 
keeping his children alive. And he does it through the parents' discerning and spirituality to hide their children. Matthew 2, 13 to 15, because the hiding of Jesus is very instructive. Jesus was born as the savior of the world. And Jesus was born, angels announced his birth. And if angels announced his birth, angels could have come to form a shield around him. Joseph and Mary wouldn't have gone to a place to hide him. But God wanted us to see the human side, that the human responsibility parents had over their children. So let's look at it. Matthew 2, verse 13 to 15. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be, be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Can you see? Herod will seek... Go to Egypt. He made him travel a long distance to go and hide the child. The question I ask is that couldn't angels would have been released? Even when Jesus grew up and he came under attack of Roman soldiers who came to arrest him, he and Peter came to his rescue with the sword. You remember what he said? He said, put the sword back because if I wanted, I will pray now. And angels will be given to attend to me and to defend me. Now, if angels could be released and dispatched to defend Jesus, who was old and had disciples, some of whom had calluses and were ready to fight for him, couldn't God have given angels at the time Jesus was defenseless to have defended him? No. The responsibility at that time rested on the parent. Parents have a unique responsibility in the life of our children. And I pray that every member in our church family once God has gifted you a child, even if the child is your adopted child, may you have the sense of responsibility to nurture and raise the child properly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus was hidden. And the parents of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, oh, God bless them. They were so good at hiding Jesus. They hid Jesus so well that in his infantile years, Jesus never committed any sin. Can you imagine? He committed no sin. <laughs> it's amazing. The Bible said he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. He made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? Now, no, <laughs> not to sin to sin when you grow is different. But when you are a child, the parents were watching out for him. I pray that our eyes will be open to watch out for our children like that. Now, I'm going to share with you briefly six things you can do to protect your children six things you can do to protect your children number one is fear and i'm going to start them with f fear you yourself by walking in the fear of the lord as a parent if you want your children to be protected walk in the fear of the lord walk in the fear of the lord one of the criterias or characteristics about joseph the wife of mary the mother of jesus was that he was a man who feared god the fear of god is critical most parents want to raise godly children, but they themselves don't want to be godly. It's sad. Most children, they, most parents, every parent want their children to be godly. They want their children to love God, but they themselves don't love God. Sunday, they are sleeping. Children have to give them pressure to come to church. Now, if that is how you are functioning with your children at home, don't forget, children learn very fast by what they see rather than what you say. What you are saying is good, but if what you are doing is wrong. They will copy your lifestyle, not what you are teaching them. 
So let's fear the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. When you fear God, it affects your seed. Your seed will see how you walk with God, how you love God, how you love the church, how you are committed. But if you stay at home, you talk bad about church, you talk bad about pastors, you talk bad about the work of God. There is no way your children will grow loving God. Many parents want their children to be godly. But I want you to know, raising godly children begins with you becoming a godly parent. It will be easier for your children to be godly. If you, the parent, you demonstrate godliness before them. I like what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. He says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. This was Paul's testimony about Timothy. His grandmother was saved. His mother was saved. By extension, Timothy became a saved child. That's how it works. Because the grandmother was godly, she passed it on to her daughter. Her daughter was godly, passed it on to the child. If you are not godly, it will be very difficult to raise your proper children. So that is the first one. We have to walk in the fear of the Lord. Let's walk in the fear of the Lord. Let's obey God's word in every aspect of our lives. Let's model godliness. Let your giving be an example to your children. Faithfulness in coming to church be an example to your children. Let not your children be the ones who drive you to church. Wake them up early and drive them into God's presence. The same way you drive your children to social events. Take them to the mall for them to have entertainment. Take them to school for them to do. Listen, let's be more spiritual. Let's be intentional at raising our children to be godly. Because the greatest legacy we can leave in, for our children is Christ in them. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. If you give them the whole world's money in a bank's vote, it will not be enough. Christ in you, the hope of glory in the future. Let's give our children this legacy of faith in Christ. Number two, if you are going to protect our children, we have to keep the family unit together. And so the second word is family. Let's keep the family unit together. I like how the picture, the atmosphere in Moses' house is like. When you read Exodus chapter 2, Hebrews gives us a summary. But when you read where we read earlier, Exodus chapter 1 and 2, we have an account of how things were like. And Exodus chapter 2 verse 1, we see the name of Moses' father, a mother, and later on we are told that the sister was also around. If you read the Amplified Version, you see all of that. So, it gives you an idea that this was a family that was together. It was not a disintegrated family. It was not a, a, a family that was had divorced. This was a family that was together. And I pray that in our church family, divorce will not be a part of this family. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That when we marry our spouses, we'll be committed to staying together with them for life. Now, it is on record. You know, Ghana, we live by faith. But in advanced societies like the US and other places where they work with statistics, we see that most families where both parents were absent or they, that ended up in divorce, most of the children went off. Most children who are in prison uh, in the U.S. and some in the U.S. in particular, most of them either had absentee parents or most of them were born out of wedlock or most of them were born into a family which eventually disintegrated. When we choose to go our separate ways, 
and sometimes i know it can be difficult sometimes we have legitimate reasons but increasingly it looks like now it's becoming very easy it's, we are becoming like the pharisees in the times of jesus he says uh, a man put away his wife for any reason that's the era we are in any reason any little reason he say i'm tired i want to back out we we are losing our sense of commitment and dedication the same fight, the same way you fought to pass your exam. You wrote mass about three times before you passed, but you wanted to go to university. So you sat by it and you wrote it. They failed you the first time. You went again. You wrote it the second time. That level of persistence transferred the same to fighting and protecting your marriage. Let's come to a place where our commitment to our spouses and our marriages will be resolute, just like uh, the way uh, Ruth spoke to Naomi. That is the kind of commitment that must be seen between churches and their leadership, families, husband, and their wife. Look at what he said, Ruth 1, 16 to 17. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. So when your wife is behaving and talking and trying to push you out, sit her down and say, listen, honey, I have no place to go. I am with you for life. You like it or you don't like it. This is, I am your liability. Take it or leave it. I have no place going. So let's change our ways and enjoy this marriage. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because now, if you can talk to your wife like that, she will sit up. If you can talk to your husband like that, he will sit up. Every time, if I have to engage mommy about any matter, the first thing I always assure her is that, listen, this relationship is for life. That's what it is. Whatever thing we are talking about or whatever concerns I have, it does not change the destiny of this relationship. No, it doesn't affect it at all. I may not be happy with this that is going on. You may not be happy, but it doesn't affect the destination we are going, which is for life, because that is what the Bible says it should be. And when we keep our family units together, you don't know that is one thing we do to protect our children. Your children will be protected. Your children will not go away in the name of our Lord Jesus. Number three, we keep our children protected. When we feed them rightly, we must feed our children rightly. And so the third F is food. Feed them rightly with physical food and spiritual food. And because physical food, a number of you are doing that already. If you are not doing it, there are some parents, they like to buy outside food. Mothers who like to buy outside food, repent. I know you are a professional, you are tired, you, have, you lack time and all of those things. But if you raise your children on outside food, they will not grow up as proper children. They will grow up with malnourished, with all kinds of diseases and infirmities. Learn to cook proper meals at home for the children. So, the meal is well balanced. They are exposed to all kinds of nutrients and then they can grow well. It will affect their intelligence and their development. Let's not become so slothful and become so professional that we lose our primary responsibility of keeping our homes. That's one of the things the Bible talks about in Titus, that wives must be keepers of the home. As a woman, you must learn how to keep a home, how to cook, and how to cook balanced diets. I leave you to go learn that if you didn't learn it. So, but we need to feed our children spiritually. Increasingly, we are seeing the need to take our children to good schools. But are we also educating our children with the word of God? The Bible says in the book of Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every 
word which proceeds from the mouth of God. So they live on the natural side by food and they live on the spiritual side by the word of God. In the book of Job 23 verse 12, he said, I have not departed from that commandment. I have treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. So Job is admitting there is a necessary food, which is a natural food, and there's a spiritual food. Do you know why Moses made the choices he made? <laughs> you think it was because the university he attended? Yes, Moses attended university. He was trained as an architect. He was trained as a great orator. Moses, according to Josephus, Moses was trained in several disciplines as a, as a military guy because they were grooming him. You, you see the way they, they groom the prince of England. The prince of England is an army officer. Yeah, he was trained in the army. And they, they receive several trainings that exposes their gifts and abilities and helps them to understand many things because they are going to rule and lead. And Moses was prepared and groomed to become the pharaoh of Egypt. So he was well trained. But the thing that shaped Moses was not the trainings he got. Everything Moses became was as a result of the training he had at home. The Bible said his parents hid him. You know Moses was not raised as a child in Pharaoh's home. He was raised as a child in a Jewish home where he was taught the Torah, the principles of the word of God. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2 verse 10, when Moses grew up, then they brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. It was when he grew up. So where did Moses grow up? He grew up in a Jewish home. And in a Jewish home, he was taught the principles of the word of God. Don't forget what the Bible says. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. He said, and from the childhood... Thou hast known the holy scriptures from the childhood. Let's expose our children to God's word from the childhood. You are a parent in this church. You don't have must know. I did must know about five years ago. Just to help us put scripture into our heart, put scripture into our spirit. That is something you can take. And every week, if your child is able to keep retain one scripture, you can reward the child. Give them two CD. Give them five CD. That culture of putting the word of God in their heart is preparing them for good success. At home, my children are made to go through Proverbs every month. Every month. The first day of the month, they do Proverbs 1. The second day of the month, Proverbs 2. Every month. Sometimes they say they are tired. They want something different. I say, listen, you need wisdom. It's a principal thing. Get it. Let's put the word of God in their mouth. Let's not just give them things that they get they feel excited about. Let's discipline them with the word from the childhood. From childhood, you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. If your children grow up in the knowledge of God, they will be wise. So we protect our children when we feed them with the word of God. We protect our children also. Uh, when we ground their faith in Christ, and this is number four, ground their faith in Christ. This is a fourth way we protect our children. How do we protect our children? By grounding their faith in Christ. Now, let's read quickly Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 to 29, and I'm reading from the CEV version. He said, because Moses' parents had faith, now look at this, they kept him hidden until he was three months old. They saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's orders beautiful look at this verse 24 he says then after moses grew up his faith made him refuse now look at this everything moses became he became it because of faith when the spirit of god drew my attention to this i was i was so excited everything he became he became it because of faith he says then after moses grew up his faith made him refuse 
to be called Pharaoh's grandson. He chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the good time that sin could bring for a little while. Moses knew that the treasures of Egypt were not as wonderful as what he would receive from suffering for the Messiah. And he looked forward to his reward. How did he know? Because he had been taught the word of God. Because of his faith. Now look at this. Moses left Egypt. Moses had seen the invisible God and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. His faith also made him celebrate Passover. He sprinkled the blood of animals on the doorpost so that the firstborns of the people of Israel will not be killed by the destroying angel. Because of their faith, everything Moses became was a function of his faith. Faith is key. The Bible says, little children you have of God and you have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, whatsoever is born of God, if your children are going to be overcomers, if they are going to be victorious, if they are going to surmount the challenges of our times, they have to be grounded in faith. And their faith must be rooted in Christ, not in any other place, but in Christ. In Christ and Christ alone. The faith of the young man, uh, Timothy, was passed on to him by his parents. Look at what uh, Paul said about that. The New Living Translation. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. I remember your genuine faith. For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. May you pass on your faith. I know you have some investment with data bank or whatever those investments are for your children. But invest in their faith life. If you don't give them anything, but you give them a legacy of faith, by faith, the world, the Bible says, were framed by the word of God. They can frame their world by faith. Whatever you can give them physically, faith can give it to them. Because faith is a spiritual currency that holds value in every nation. Wherever they find themselves, faith will always make them come up. And that faith is not just any faith, but faith that is rooted and grounded in Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. Colossians 2, 6 to 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. Established, rooted. May your children be rooted and established in faith. So, if you are going to protect our children, let's protect them by grounding them in faith. Faith. So, faith is key. Their faith must be rooted. Their faith must be grounded in Christ and Christ alone. Number five, if you are going to protect our children, we need to be watchful about their friends by exposing and connecting them to the right people. Listen, association matters. The kind of school your child attends and the kind of friends your, your children surround themselves with would influence their ultimate outcome in life. If they will become great, they should be hanging out with great. If you have an eagle child, an eaglet, and that eaglet is hanging out with chickens, the eaglet in him will die. But if you expose your eaglet child to other eaglet children, the eagle in him will rise. And that is who you are. You, are, you carry the eagle DNA in you. The Bible said, They that wait upon that shall mount up with wings as eagles. You are an eagle. And that is the DNA you must pass on to your children by exposing them to the right people. Don't forget, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it may be better that you stop buying certain things for yourself in order to push your children to certain important and proper schools where they will be taught 
properly where they will be exposed to right people and then also be exposed to the principles of god's word if whenever it's possible expose them the bible said he that walketh with wise men shall be wise a companion of fools shall be destroyed blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of the scornful in the book of proverbs 22 verse 24 to 25 he said make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man do not go lest you learn of his weight and set a snare for your soul so you destroy yourself if you surround yourself with the wrong people the bible says in proverbs 1:10, my son if sinners entice you how would they entice you because they are surrounding you let's be careful the kind of people we allow our children to hang out with the bible says in first corinthians 15 33 don't be fooled yourselves bad friends will destroy you let's be careful and then of course number six way to protect our children is to appropriate god's favor on their lives all the things i talked about are great but listen ultimately what makes a person in life after all the investment after all the school after all the training is the favor of god that's why the bible said train up the child the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it the grace of god will come upon the child and keep them on the uh, on the track luke chapter 2 verse 52 and jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with god and with men favor with god and with men favor with god and with men jesus had favor with god and with men the place of favor in protecting and securing the best for our children cannot be discounted the bible says it's not of him that will it nor him that run it it's not of him that labored it's not on him that work it but god that shows mercy and i pray that god will have mercy on your children in the name of the lord jesus so that brings us to the third pillar upon which children can be raised up properly and that is presentation and by presentation i mean dedication present your children to the lord luke chapter 2 verse 22 the bible said now when the days of a purification according to the law of moses were completed they brought him to jerusalem to present him to the lord they came to give a present to the lord what was the present the present was jesus christ the present was jesus christ they say lord you gave this child to me i bring this child back to you that is what hannah did in first samuel chapter 1 verse 11 she made a vow she had fasted she had prayed she did all kinds of things but to cap it up she made a vow and said if you give me a man child i will give or i will present or i will dedicate that child to you to present in the greek means to place a person or a thing at one's disposal we have to learn to present our children to the lord we present our children to the lord when we carry our children to church jesus became addicted to god because his parents presented him to the lord they didn't just take him for dedication and then went back to sit at home i've seen in our church family where some people give birth and then they come for dedication and after dedication they go back and they sit at home with the child there are people whose children were dedicated and since they were dedicated they've not come to church again the parents they sitting at home meanwhile they go to work monday to friday <laughs> when you raise up the child and the child becomes a liability you think that is some demon it's not demon you the mother who took that decision you the parents the husband and wife who agreed and took that irresponsible decision you are the demon it's not the devil the parents of jesus took jesus consistently 
to the temple. You remember when they were going to Jerusalem? They didn't go and leave him with somebody. They carried him. If you are going for camp meetings, bring your children. Everything we are doing in church, bring your children. Don't leave your children at home. In school, when they are doing games, you take them. Why is it that when we say we have children, they bring your children for training, you don't bring them. You don't fear God and you don't honor God. And as long as we don't, that's why I talked about the fact that we parents must walk in the fear of the Lord. We must be godly. We must take our spiritual life seriously. Then we will see the sense in attending to the needs of our children. If you look at Jesus, Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The message version. He came to Nazareth where he had been raised. As he always did on the Sabbath. He went to the meeting place. This is Jesus. There was not a Sunday or a service day that Jesus was not in the temple. Why? Because that was how his parents raised him. They raised him going to church with him. They raised him going to church with him. Luke chapter 2 verse 41 to 43. The Bible said when the Passover feast was in Jerusalem, they went with him. And when they went with him, Jesus enjoyed the fellowship so much that he wanted to stay. And his parents left. They didn't know he was still around. So they had to go back. And when they went back, they saw him in the temple. He was not playing. He was sitting down, listening and making notes. Can you imagine? When you bring your children to church, make sure that they don't just come and play. Some of you, you parents, even the things that the children have gone through the whole year, Sunday school teachers have made a lot of sacrifices. God bless all our Sunday school teachers across all our churches. They do a lot to keep our children in shape, to pump God's word into their lives. The little we can do is to ask our child, Sunday evening, what did you learn today at Sunday school? Let them share with you. You yourself, you don't study the Bible to make time to help your children to study it. Now, people are teaching your children in church. If they gave them homework, don't you follow their homework up. You follow it up, but you are not following their spiritual work up. It shows the kind of parent you are. And I pray that we would live here repenting and embracing new values as parents. Train up the child the way you go. Let's present our children to the Lord. And finally, finally, number four is let's push them. Push them. That is the third P. Push them. Push your children. And this contest, what I'm focusing on is purpose. Push your children to find, follow, and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. If you are going to raise proper children, push them, push them, push them, push them, push them. By pushing, I mean encourage them. Pushing, I mean give them motivation. Pushing, I mean correct them. Pushing, I mean uh, do everything you can to make sure that your children are focused on discovering, following, and fulfilling God's purpose for their lives. By all means, take them to school. By all means, let them explore. But listen, Purpose is better than a profession. There, is, there may not be meaning or fulfillment in profession, but purpose will always make you fulfilled in life. It's good for your child to become a doctor, an engineer, an architect. All of those things are great. We all have childhood dreams. But let's look out for the things our children are gifted at. What are the areas of their strong gifting? What are the areas that they have abilities? They may have intelligence, but that intelligence, if they harness it in the area where they are naturally excited or they are naturally motivated about, it may not have much monetary returns now. But listen, everything will always ultimately bring a lot of money when you become excellent at it. 
when you become excellent, if you become the best barber, you'll be saving uh, President Biden. You'll be saving President Dakufado. You'll be saving presidents. If you become the best at anything, people will pay you anywhere for it. That's key. If you become the best cleaner, people will look for you all over the world to come and clean. If you become the best, uh, what do you call it, uh, singer, you will be invited to great platforms. Let's push our children, not just to follow after our passions. Your passions may be different from their passions. Your desires may be different from... Some of us as adults have grown up doing things we don't love to do because our parents forced us. You are good. You are very sharp. You can do science. And you did science and here you are. You are a doctor, but you are always going to the hospital unhappy. You are a pharmacist, always complaining that too many people are buying drugs. What should people do? What should people do? <laughs> when you are sick, wouldn't you need drugs? But it's, it's not the people, it's you. You are a nurse. And uh, when patients come, you get angry. They listen, you are shouting at. How can you, a nurse, be shouting at parents? You are supposed to be the, the most friendliest, the most welcoming person anybody should meet at a hospital. And here you are, frustrated. Because you are frustrated, you are doing something because you felt they were going to pay you well. Thank God that Ghana, they are wonderful. May the Lord help us all in Jesus' precious name. But a lot of our nurses are traveling out because they, don't, they, they feel that they are not being handled well. What I'm saying is that let's pursue purpose. What made Moses stand out? It was not his profession. He was trained as an architect, a military man, and trained and groomed and raised as a prince. But who did he become eventually? A deliverer. Jesus told his parents, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And they say, hey, what do you mean by your father's business? This is carpentry. This is your father's work. Be doing it. He said, I must be about my father's business. I need to go to the villages and be preaching. This Moses grew up. If Moses had become a prince, do you know that <laughs> his parents would have enjoyed a lot of money, a lot of cash, a lot of... Right now, when he chose to follow God's purpose... Everything went haywire. But today, we celebrate Moses. I'm preaching about Moses. And many other people are talking about Moses year after year. Every time. You can't go through the scripture a year without reading about Moses. Because his story is there. He has become an, an everlasting legacy. Why? Because he followed God's plan and purpose for his life. Above everything else. Let's push our children into God's purpose. Let's train them up in the way of God. The dividends are eternal. The dividends in this life and the life hereafter are eternal. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord give you understanding. And I pray that grace to put the word of God to work and raise your children properly by number one, by perceiving them rightly. Somebody say, I perceive my children rightly. And then number two, protecting them. Say, I protect my children. And number three, by presenting them to the Lord. Say, I present my children to the Lord. I dedicate my children to the Lord. And then number four, I push my children to fulfill purpose. So it shall be in your life. In Jesus' precious name. God richly bless you. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.